Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and today's episode is a classic from our former host, Christian Sager. The team here around the currently virtual office loves a comic book and has been delighted that Marvel's been bringing that love to a wider audience with its cinematic universe. So today, let's get geeky with a deep look into how Captain America's signature shield would work if it, you know, really existed. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Christian Sager. The official Marvel Comics database says that Captain America's shield is a metal disc that's approximately 2.5 feet in diameter and weighs 12 pounds. But Rhett Elaine at Wired Magazine did some math and figured out that it would be more likely to weigh 43.9 pounds. Despite the shield being made of a unique alloy combining vibranium, which is a fictional metal, steel, and an unknown third component, Elaine also figured out that the density of the shield would be somewhere between 8,767 and 4,383 kilograms per meter cubed. That is somewhere between the density of iron and titanium. Now, in the Captain America comics, the story goes that Dr. Myron McLean was attempting to replicate Hercules' golden mace by fusing vibranium with an experimental iron alloy. Some say it was a steel alloy, but even McLean didn't know what it was because he fell asleep when an unknown catalyst was introduced to the process. He was never able to duplicate the process, so the government painted the disc and gave it to Captain America. But how would you forge such a thing, especially since metallurgy is so complicated? Just the forging temperature alone depends on the material's carbon content, its alloy composition, maximum plasticity, and the amount of reduction required. Was it heated by induction or by continuous fuel-fired furnaces? With a material this unique, you would have to carefully control the heating process. Now, forgeability is how easy or difficult a material resists deformation. And since Captain America's shield is indestructible, it would have to be a very narrow forging temperature range, meaning it could only be forged for a short time after heating. With metallurgical factors like crystal structure, chemical composition, and grain size at play, the only way McLean could have diminished their influence would be by adding alloying elements, possibly compounds, that easily dissolve within the metal. There are all types of elements that could have been introduced, but it's likely that Captain America's shield was forged like a super alloy. This is how metallurgists refer to iron-based, nickel-based, and cobalt-based alloys, specifically the ones that offer very high strength at high temperatures. These really high-strength metals and iron-based grades are the least difficult ones to work with. So that would narrow down McLean's experimental alloy to iron. Super alloys are really difficult to forge because of their narrow temperature range. You can't even use regular sizing presses and hammers on them because they'll deform. They even wear down the tools designed for forging them pretty easily. They're also extremely expensive, like 10 times the price of carbon steel. Sounds a lot like Captain America's shield, right? But how do we explain the shield's ability to absorb kinetic energy, supposedly from the vibranium in the alloy? Usually materials absorb kinetic energy through other mechanisms, like plastic or elastic deformation or dynamic fluid flow. But cap shield doesn't seem to be an elastometric material, and it's not organic like polyurethane. 
In the movies, it actually seems to reflect vibration rather than absorb it. Like when Thor hits it with Mjolnir in that first Avengers movie and the shockwave flattens a whole forest, perhaps that was because the shield reached its absorption limit. Another thing that's tough to explain is how aerodynamic the shield is. If it really weighed 43.9 pounds, it would be difficult to throw, even for a guy in peak physical condition like Steve Rogers. In the comics, Tony Stark actually puts electromagnets under the shield to help control it in mid-flight. But Captain America later ditched them because they upset the shield's natural balance. It seems like the soldier and the shield are made for each other. Today's episode was written by Christian and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics that shout Excelsior, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.